Hey everybody, welcome back to the Dream Crusher podcast. Today, I'm talking to the guys from Epic Light Media. If you wanna learn how to be amazing at lighting, check out these guys' YouTube channel. Absolutely phenomenal lighting tutorials. Everything they make is beautiful. And I'm talking with them about their video production business, working with clients, and a little bit more of the professional side of things with a couple guys who are definitely, in some ways, a little bit wacky and unprofessional. And I mean that in the very best way. It's a fantastic conversation. You guys are in for a real treat. Let's jump in. Today, I have the wonderful pleasure of having a Thomas and James from Epic Light Media on here. If you guys haven't seen Epic Light Media, um, it's exactly as described. It's it's media about epic lighting and uh, video production. And man, these guys are so pro. I've loved their videos for a really long time and really excited to have them on the podcast. Uh, how you doing, guys? Good. Thanks for having us on today. Yeah, excited to be here with you. And uh, you're one of our longtime uh, YouTubers we watch as well. So we're excited to be here chatting with you. Aw, so cool. So cool. We can be be friends and, and co we can be friendship co-partakers on the internet world. So yes. so good. So um for anybody who doesn't really know you guys, uh let's let's dive into uh your your story, kinda how you got started, who you are, what you're what you're doing, and yeah, take it away. Just a brief history. Um I was uh filming full time for a organization um back in twenty twelve and uh well Lots of opportunities were happening, and Thomas and I had a chance to uh, to meet up on a passion project that he had, and uh, from there, we just started working together, All right? Thomas, you want to tell a little bit? Yeah, I met James on Facebook, so uh, I was starting to get serious about filmmaking. I just bought the Canon 5D Mark II. Oh, baby. And uh, yeah, a Buddy and I were making a short film, and I was perusing my Facebook page and I saw an ad for a drone pilot who had a, a drone and this was you know in 2012 I mean no one had drones um, yeah that was but that was before everybody in the world had drones James was flying a 5d mark II running um, magic lantern uh, raw on it and his Dang. footage looked insane like no one had footage like this so yeah, I called him up, and this this short film never actually got finished. It was a half-baked idea, but I was just like, hey, man, like, would you do a free day with us and film some drone shots and reached out to him, and he said yes, remarkably. And I remember the first time I met James, we pulled up in a parking lot. We're going to, you know, meet before the shoot, and I asked him, you know, like, yeah, what do you do for your job? Like, obviously, this is a hobby. And then he's like, uh, no, like... I'm a full-time filmmaker. I make TV ads and stuff. Huh. And that was the first time I had ever met anyone or it had ever dawned on me that I could make money doing this for some reason. Like, uh -huh. oh, you don't have to go to Hollywood. You don't have to be Spielberg to make money. Do wow. this full-time. Yeah. And so we worked on that project and we've uh, been friends ever since and been together. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, what a what a cool way to to meet somebody just like man I admire what you're what you're doing and yeah I mean obviously like how do you how do you pay the bills and then <laughs> like this you're like wait what what so how did that how did that change your outlook and and stuff like it, what what happened after that I think for me that really got me on the right track uh realizing that I could have a job that I liked. At the time, I was going to college and cleaning swimming pools hmm. uh, part-time to pay all the bills. 
and I was newly married and we were expecting a kid. And, uh, yeah, after James and I met, he had, he shortly after that quit his job at this organization he was working at making TV ads across the country and decided to make his own company. So I actually was just like, honey, uh, to my wife, I'm like, I'm, I'm quitting school. Uh, (laughs) I can't (laughs) believe she went along with this. I'm just, I'm, (laughs) I want to work with James. He hasn't even hired me yet, but he's going to start this company. And I think, I think that, uh, we could, we could do this together. And so I quit school right then. And, uh, shortly after that, Epic Light Media started and James brought me on and, uh, it was a leap of faith to say the least, because before that James had all these jobs given to him from his company and starting a new company is kind of scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so you quit, you quit school and everything and we're, we're full in before you were even hired. Yeah. <laughs> I was working with James before he was paying me. Oh, okay. So yeah. I mean, I would just hang out with him all day, every day. Yeah. And no money at first. Wow. Was, yeah. Why? Why worry about the money? <laughs> yeah. You know, and that was part of like, you know, you were willing just to show up and do something you're passionate about. Right. Like when he called me or when he, yeah, called me off of this Facebook ad, uh, I had, I had shot some aerial footage and I put an ad on Facebook. Right. I never pay for Facebook ads, but I put this ad on Facebook and he called me from this Facebook ad. Um, and I had no reason to go help him out for free. But showing up, helping him, like this was the moment that like really changed by us combining together, using our different strengths that we have together. Um, it changed the trajectory of, of really our futures together. It was, it was a big moment that was like, wow, going back to that, thinking about that time, how it changed our, our future and the opportunities that came as we kept showing up and doing things, like it changed everything for us. Mm-hmm. Wow. So... Okay, so so wait, wait. So he responds to this Facebook ad and asks you to do work for free. Is that, <laughs> is that right? That's exactly And right. you said yes because he was willing to ask? Be- yes, and because, you know what? I loved what I did. You know, I loved filming stuff, and I would do stuff for free just because I loved it and I was passionate about it. And then when I hooked up with Thomas there, we met up. I could see he was passionate about it as well, right? So, like, in thinking about one thing that's made our our uh, friendship and our, our working together work is that we're both passionate passionate about what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just created this this opportunity to just to keep growing, keep doing more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's 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 really inspiring. I mean, it, it sounds like that that passion and that that willingness to just come and um, put yourself out there is, is more important to you guys than, than money and all the details and everything kind of like, Oh, we'll figure this stuff out later. Is that, is that about right? <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, once Epic Light Media started, I remember it all happened pretty quick. Uh, we got a phone call from an organization here in Arizona and before we knew it, I was stopping work getting into some nicer clothes after cleaning pools. <laughs> and uh, we went, I was still cleaning pools at this time, like part-time to pay the bills. James, you know, we weren't making any money yet with Epic Light Media. And then uh, we're going up this elevator to like the 25th floor of the Sky Rise in Phoenix and meeting with these people around a uh, in a boardroom. And mentally, I was still a pool guy, but I had to pretend huh. that I was a professional with James. 
and that we knew what we were doing. He knew what I was doing. He was what he was doing, but I didn't, but I had to just pretend. Um, wow. <laughs> that was a weird position to be in. Like literally smelling like chlorine, shaking people's hands, <laughs> pretending like I'm a video pro at oh my 20, gosh. 23 years old. Um, but it worked well, and we got that contract and that started Epic Late Media. <laughs> well, yeah, it sure did. And that's how I got into the video full time as well. The first job I was hired for, I did a video for free for my brother who was running for political office. He didn't win. Um, but the company that I did the video for, they saw that they loved the video I did. And then they brought me in. And in the same sense, they asked me, hey, do you do, do you work in Premiere Pro? Have you worked on large sets? Have you done this, this, and this? And I just kept saying, yes, I have. I do. I, and I've never done any of those things. But I knew I could learn how. You just lied? So, just straight yeah, up lied? Yeah, I, I really did. Because I, I knew I could do it. I knew Absolutely. I could learn it. Definitely. You know, I'm like, yeah, I can do that. So I did. I told them, yes, I've done those things and I can do it. And you know what? They hired me and it is... So sometimes you feel like an imposter. Sometimes you are an imposter. But if you think you can do it, if you know you can do it, hey, maybe it, maybe it'll pan out. Yeah, remember Spielberg? He he snuck onto the Universal set every day, you know, or the the studios there, and it made his fake little office. He put his name on the door. He, he like wasn't even allowed to be there. That's how he got in. I mean, yeah, yes. like you gotta. I just firmly believe you gotta lie, cheat, and steal to get where you want to be. Well, you know, within reason. <laughs> But, you know, it don't wait for someone to give you the opportunity. I have all the credentials I need to legitimately do this. Just jump into it, especially with something like this, with filmmaking. You've got the talent. You've got the passion. Experience will come, but you can't get the experience until you're on set. Yes. So yes. before I met James, or maybe around the same time, it was before Epic Light Media started, I also did a side project that required a lot of uh, a leap of faith. I... Uh, I wanted to direct a, a real TV commercial and obviously no one was going to hire me. So my buddy and I saved, uh, this was before I met James. He actually works here now. His name is Steven and he, he does all of our post sound and he's a cinematographer as well. He's very talented. But at this time, him and I saved um, 5,000 bucks over the course of like a year or so. And we decided we we're going to make a TV ad and we didn't care if anyone was going to pay us to do it. So this pool company that I worked for, they also built pools. So I approached the owner and I said, hey, I want to make a TV ad for your company. You don't have to pay me, obviously. I'm just going to do it. I'm just letting you know I'm doing it. You don't even have to do anything with it. And he's like, oh, okay. That's weird. <laughs> so we hired a cinematographer. We, you know, we we, uh, we storyboarded the whole thing. We hired a crew. Hired a, we got a big camera crane out there. We got all these extras and this beautiful pool and this family. And we filmed a... A TV spot and everyone on set thought it was real and wow. we're there behind the monitor and it all looks legit and the ad when we're done cutting it looks like a TV ad to me huh. <laughs> and, and everyone else that sees it and nothing happened with that. The company, I think it was like two years later, they put it on their website on like a back page. I don't know why, because it looked incredible. I'm not going to lie. It was a great looking ad. And, uh, so it didn't lead anywhere, but it totally did. It When James and I started Epic Light Media, very soon after, we got asked, oh, can you guys do TV ads? I was like, oh, of course. I've You're direct, like, look I, at this. Yeah. I've look at this totally ads. legit TV ad that we I know, did. I, yeah. I directed a crew. I've worked with all these people. And uh, yeah, I can do it. So it basically gave me the... Uh, and some people probably don't need that self-confidence, but I needed it. I needed to say, like, I've done this. 
And so having that experience in my back pocket gave me the confidence that I needed as well. Um, and that was basically my film school, making an ad. It was like my thesis project of, a, sure. of going to ad film school or whatever. But it was uh, kind of an unconventional way to do it. Dang, I, that is so inspiring. That's so cool because I, I think you're right. I mean, a lot of people, they'll, they wait for an opportunity, right? And it, it sucks because there's a lot of waiting and, you know, feeling frustrated and saying, oh, what am I going to get my shot? When am I going to get my shot? You know? And so you guys just went out and did it, you know? Uh, and not only did you have something amazing to show at the end, but you also learned a lot. I mean, that's, I think that's something that, I mean, talking to creatives and, and, you know, kind of exploring this genre of things quite a bit, like, I, I get more and more convinced that, man, you just got to jump in and start working on something and iterate as you go, you know, because you, you just can't wait for things to come to you. That's such a cool way to do that. So how did you, why, how did you decide to do something like that? Like, how did you overcome that thought of like, oh, well, but it's not legit. Like, we shouldn't do this, you know? Like, how did you decide to jump in? You know, I think for you, Thomas, right? I mean, it's just the passion that you had. You always knew you wanted to be a filmmaker, right? Like, and so when you know what you want to do, any risk sometimes is worth it. We've kept that same attitude going forward. And it's, it's all, for example... And this is just a little anecdote that happened recently um, when COVID hit mm. and we lost, you know, all of our projects that were planned for the next three months. I think we had 80 grand lined up or next month, actually. We were slammed. We were so busy. COVID happened. None of we weren't flying around anymore. We weren't. All of our shoots got canceled. Mm. And we were talking with the marketing director at the Arizona Department of Health, who was handling all the COVID stuff. And I lied. I said, yeah, like we do live streaming all the time. Like we, we're really good at events. We can do tons of cameras and just cover whatever you want. So when the state of Arizona was doing their COVID uh, live streamings, uh, we got into that right right at the very beginning. We did all like the state's live streams. <laughs> oh, and we hadn't live streamed before then, by the we way. We never had. And so That's we a go... really stupid idea. <laughs> after, we get the con- that? after we get the contract... <laughs> we realized that all of the live streaming equipment is sold. We couldn't find it anywhere. So James had to make his own live streaming box at that point before the first shoot. Okay, and guess so what? Wait, how do you make a live streaming box? <laughs> well, we, we found we had a search all over. There were no black magic cards anywhere. We ended up finding cards, calling all kinds of places. I kept borrowing pieces of little equipment here and there, borrowing for little shoots, and eventually... We don't have to just, you know, build the little box, put in the streaming card, connect to the computers, get it all figured out. But it took a bit of time because, yeah, none of that stuff was available. But guess what? We did a great job. We were prepared for it, you know, not on paper. We knew we could do it. We knew they, we could do it. Yeah, we knew we could do it. They were blown away, and we just kept doing all the live streams, and it looked better than anyone else's live streams. We would always see the ones from the other states and stuff and be so proud. Wow. And, yeah, that actually, that lie um, and that, contract helped us get to the next level after through COVID, get through COVID and hire more people actually. So, and now we do a lot of events. Um, and that's another arm of the company. Um, wow. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. You guys, I, me being somebody who does live stream a lot, 
Like, I know how difficult it is. And so it's wild that you guys pulled that off, especially not live streaming before, you know? That's oh, yeah. what... Because everything always goes wrong right before a live stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we real every single time. Mm-hmm. And so it's always fixing, always fixing something the last Always moment. held together, but with duct tape and, you know, rubber bands. Wow. So. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. So tell me about, okay, so you're called Epic Light Media. And I always just assumed that that was because you like teaching people lighting. But what, like, Tell me the story of Epic Light Media and what, what's what's that about? Didn't you just Google search, James, and you found like when we were start you were starting the company, you just like looked up, oh, that's not taken. So Yeah, I was looking for the best URL that was the shortest. Um, Thomas, what was your company's name? My yeah, I had a I had a little company called Vista Light Vista Light Productions. So James probably stole the light from there and made yeah, it better. Exactly. Media is better than productions because we wanted to do everything, you know. So uh wow. That's how they but, and then yeah, it was years after that we started YouTube. Yeah, lighting is a huge passion though, right? Like beautiful lighting makes a big big difference. So it works. So how'd you guys learn to light the way that you do? Because I mean it for I mean, people listening, everything that I've seen these guys do is just stunningly beautiful. So like how do you guys how did you learn how to do that? No one's ever asked me that before. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Is that Very... sarcasm? Like what? <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> really. No, no. I mean, I've actually never thought of this. I don't know how I learned it. I'm trying to think here. Uh, wow. Why have I never thought of this? Well, James. you know, it was a lot of studying of cinema, right? You always looked at cinema. You always watched the behind the scenes. You know, you were always passionate about how the, we, we were always passionate about how the image looked. Like that was always important to us. No matter, you know, whatever else we brought in, like as long as the final image looked good, that was our proof that we knew what we were doing. So, you know, there was a lot of study and passion going into like, how do they do that? How do they make something look like that? Yeah, just from watching movies and then a lot of YouTube. I, I mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I first was with Film Riot for years. I just mm. only watched Film Riot videos and that's how I learned a lot. Um, in terms of lighting though, on set with a crew, doing it, looking at the footage afterwards and asking yourself, how can this look like a movie? Why doesn't this look like a movie? Um, never having a lower standard than that. Say, why doesn't this look like Hollywood? Why doesn't this look like a national TV commercial? What is wrong here? And, you know, first, you're going to make some very stupid mistakes. The key's on the wrong side from the window. You're, it doesn't look right at all. You're, you know, it's, it, and then after a while, the mistakes become smaller and smaller where other people aren't even noticing your mistakes, but you see them as mistakes and you, you're trying to improve. And so having that attitude of, it's not just good enough. You know, it's, it's not just, oh, I've reached my limit here. Mm. Um, I think that's what's driven us. So still, I mean, we, I, we don't look at our stuff and say, wow, this looks great. You know, there's always problems. And uh, I think anyone that's passionate about what they do will have the same attitude. They, they don't consider themselves a know-it-all. In fact, you know, further you go down that path, you realize how little you know, and you start respecting mm. the masters even more. You start realizing that 
I always say I'm a kid playing with crayons in first grade compared to these cinematographers, you know, that I respect. And so, I mean, I think it's that just, just being interested in something and then never being good enough. Hmm. Hmm. How does that affect your like confidence in your, um, your motivation and stuff? Because like, I, I, I know for like a lot of people that can be really, um, frustrating, you know, to always look at yourself and go like, you know, I don't know, it, it could be better. You know, how do you make sure that that's the, like, I'm going to really like, I'm going to make it better and I'm going to keep pushing rather than I'm defeated. James is the reason. If it was without James, I would be this defeated, depressed, like artist sitting in a room with the wind, you know, with the, the rain on the window, like just depressed. But James is so optimistic. I would actually say James is aggressively optimistic and I'm aggressively hmm. pessimistic. And so together we're able to just keep going somehow. Right, James? Yeah, that's 100% <laughs> true. It's the yin and yang. We have different perspectives, but we align them somewhere and we keep it going. James is always saying, we can do this. And I mean, obviously there's been times when I've just decided I can do this and I've been, I've yeah. been the one to put my foot forward. But usually it's me saying, uh, you know, we, we should have done this and that. And James saying like, 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 no, like don't get down on yourself, Thomas, like stop, stop beating yourself up here. So that's actually a weakness of mine. But I think with cinematography and with learning things, it's if, if you're forced to keep going, and if you're never satisfied, then your work will improve. You're not going to yeah. stagnate, you know. What a cool thing for you guys to have that partnership where, you know, one, like Thomas, you always want to be better and you're never satisfied. And James, you ha you can um, bring that joy into it and say like, no, we can, we can keep going. Like, this is great. You know, we, like, yeah, we might've made a mistake, but we're going to make it better next time. And that's what a cool way to grow and to get better together. It's awesome. I think that's been one of our biggest advantages is actually having each other as in the last, since 2015, when we started, like just being able to play off each other's strengths, learning what Thomas's strengths are, learning what my strengths are, you know, and that's one of the best things about being in the creative space is working with someone, mm -hmm. knowing what they do best and mm -hmm. doing that with them. Right. Like that's that's how you find some of the greatest success, especially when we're both passionate about the same thing. We, we align on so many of the same things, but we just both have that passion and and keep it going. I always tell people like, OK, you're creative. OK, uh, do you want to be an, uh, uh, an oil? Do you want to paint oil paintings by yourself in your studio all day? To some people, that is the dream to be autonomous, alone, mm -hmm. have your own schedule and paint your oil paintings. Or I'm a writer. I've got my routine. I work alone and I write these stories or these books. But filmmaking is so collaborative. You have to uh, be open to new ideas. The best idea needs to win. You can't have pride. You can't dig your feet into the ground and say, this is the way we're going to do it. As soon as the better idea comes, you have to humble yourself and say, wow, this is what we're going to do. Um, and so that back and forth is constantly happening. And that was a muscle I had to exercise. I had to realize early on, like, wow, like, uh, I need to be able to be willing to take, take a suggestion. And sometimes even blindly just say, oh, wow, this person hasn't have a, had a suggestion in a while. It doesn't really affect the final thing. I'm just going to do it. 
screw it. I'm not going to hold on to my ideals here. I'm just going to mm. do their idea. But yeah, when when we first started working together, James, you know, before that, he had edited all his own videos. And I remember him telling me when I first started editing these videos for him, um, taking like the, some of the brunt of the editing work, he had to kind of be quiet and hold his criticism and let me kind of do what I wanted. Right, James? <laughs> Gent- gentle criticism. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But not just tear it apart because then we wouldn't get anywhere. But he let me kind of do it and... Anyway. And I do like what you said. Really, it is the best ideas need to win, right? And so, like, if you had an idea, you would just tell me why you thought it was correct. And I am more than willing to say, you know what? You're right. You Mm. know, you can, clients or people can shout out ideas all the time, but when they can tell you why it's the right way and it makes sense, okay, I am on board. And any clients that we have a difficulty with, it's those clients that don't give you a reason. Yeah, it's oh, I, because I said so. This is this is what I, this is my vision. It's like, whoa, whoa, what's the re- what's the reason? Because I have a reason. Do you, do you have a reason? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. there is no reason, and you and you just don't know the answer, and that is where some of the deep creativity doesn't. You don't even understand it, you know. But especially with working with corporate clients, doing TV ads and stuff, a lot of times there better be a good reason why you're doing everything. Hmm. So. Yeah, man, this is this is great stuff, guys. Uh, I I love that that thought of you know being willing to humble yourself and go with the better idea. I mean, that takes a lot of maturity, and I think that's a big difference between somebody who's been doing this for a while and uh, you know it makes makes professional work basically has worked with professionals and somebody who is you know maybe a little bit more uh, prideful and um, stubborn. You know, because like if you can't take good critique and if you can't, um, you know, separate yourself from the work enough to be able to do your best work, man, it's just people aren't going to want to work with you and you're not going to make the best product, you know. So that's really, really, really good, you guys. Thank you. So what, what would you say to somebody who wants to start being creative, who wants to, who doesn't really know where to go next? You know, maybe they want to be a full-time content creator. Maybe they want to have their own ad agency, whatever it is. What's, what's your advice for those, those people? First, I call it the shotgun approach. So, uh, point yourself in the approximate position that you want to be in. Uh, behind you is, you know, law school or going to school to be a doctor. Over here, this way is a creative kind of space. Mm-hmm. And so identify, oh, you know, I, I like creative things. Um, I don't know why or what, you know, if you're at that stage and if you just know you're a creative person, just start pursuing creativity. And then mm-hmm. as you do that, it will narrow over time. And if you follow your passion instead of money or other things, if you really are true to yourself and you know what you want, I mean, in a vague way at first, step by step, you will kind of fall into where you want to be. Um, And so with me, I knew, it was actually a question my brother asked me. He said years ago, he's like, Thomas, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do with your time? And that Hmm. blew my mind. I, it took me like 10 seconds and I was like, I would make videos. (laughs) And I'd never (laughs) said those words before. 
And I didn't know what kind. I actually first thought, you know, if you know who Julian Smith is on YouTube. Dude, makes, I love Julian Smith. That's he, so that's so cool. That's what got me into it. I wanted to be Julian Smith. I'm yeah. like, I want to make funny videos. I want to write these songs because, I, you know, I like writing music and stuff. And so I started doing that. And that's kind of how it started. Then I realized, like, I don't want to be this 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 guy. And these videos are kind of silly. So I want to I want to make videos for businesses. I want to make uh, commercials. And so it kind of changed from there. Um, so yeah, I think the first step is start pursuing something that is in the direction that you want to be in. If you're working at, at an office doing something that you absolutely hate, um, you're just going to keep going down that road. And sure. so the first step is to, and all your free, you know, try to have a part-time job that barely pays the bills and in all of your free time, pursue what you love. Um, man, and- I love that. I, I I could not agree with that more. I think that's such wise advice, man, because that is, I, I feel like it's really easy to kind of get bogged down with like trying to figure out what exactly you want to do. And like, I want to pick the right thing, you know, and then, then you can kind of get just locked up with like, oh, well, I got to find the perfect plan. You know, I got to have everything in, in order before I jump in. And I think that just, that holds so many people back. You know, I mean, that's, that's very similar to, uh, some advice I was, I was telling a friend, um, a a friend a little while ago of just like, man, you kind of got to just start in that direction. You got to start doing something, something this, and you'll figure it out. Like as it goes, you'll figure out things that you like about it and things that you don't. And man, I think that's the coolest way to approach creativity, man. What, what a great, great advice. Yeah, and I would say a second step in that journey, again, is just to surround yourself with other people that have similar passions, Mm, right? mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to go out and uh, meet new people, find new opportunities, go in spaces where those people are and see what they're doing, learn from them, partner with them, because that will put you on a fast track to going where you want to go. And you might discover new things you didn't realize that you could do or that you wanted to do. You know, people wonder, like, why are there so many people in Hollywood whose parents were also involved in the movies? There's so many actors who whose parents were producers or actors. It's because mentally, I think, I mean, I obviously there's nepotism and all this stuff, but mentally, I think people are proved like, oh, like my dad did it. I could do it. Oh, my older brother is in the industry. He's a colorist. He's doing Netflix shows. I can do it or whatever. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you are friends with people or if associates with people, anybody you know who's doing kind of what you want, yeah, be around them. <laughs> because yeah. then mentally it shows you like, wow, this is possible. And that's what happened with me and James. I met him. Wow, you did this full time. And it something sparked inside of me at that point. So... Wow. In fact, that's one of the reasons also, like the idea of being around people in the industry, like that's partially why we even started the YouTube channel. We weren't thinking about making money or views or any of that. All we wanted is, hey, we want to put ourselves out there. We want to meet more people in the industry. We want to connect with local people. We want to connect with the businesses, you know, Black Magics, Canons, whoever else. Uh, we want to meet people like you, Casey. Like that's why we started doing YouTube is because we knew we wanted to extend our connections and the people we know so we could get to the next level on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That, that's so great, so wise to um, invest in people that have similar interests because I, I, I think you're right. It's one, I mean, you can learn from them, obviously, but two is it gives you that confidence of like, 
I know this person and I know they're just a normal person and I'm a normal person too. And so I can probably do what they're doing, you know, with some work and some, some learning and everything, but it's, it's definitely possible. And I mean, that, that flies in the face of the, oh, well someday somewhere, you know, there's somebody out there who can do this, but you know, not little old me, you know? It's so true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. You guys, um, so tell me more about the YouTube channel. Um, what's, uh, first of all, like, what's your kind of goal? Like what's, what's, what are you planning for the YouTube channel? And, um, and yeah. And kind of, where is it going? We've never had a plan and we do not have a plan. Um, I can't (laughs) overemphasize (laughs) how, how, how little of a plan we actually have. Uh, So if, if our channel appears haphazard to people, like th- we don't have a plan, it's because we don't have a plan. So mm. that's the mm. answer for that. Solid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Solid. And that's just period? That's it? Yeah. That's no, not, no, oh, no, no, no I'm yeah, just kidding. Yeah, anyway, yeah, here's no, our plan. No, <laughs> it's like, we, nope. We don't have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's so that's so awesome. And, and Because, you know, I feel like... We talk with people who are very, very serious about their YouTube stuff, right? I mean, I'm pretty serious about my YouTube stuff, but like, it's always like this great big thing, like, oh yeah, I'm going to go here, 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 and here. And you guys have a pretty successful YouTube channel that with really good content and, um, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it's something that you guys are really stressed out about. Is that, is that true or no? I have stressed out about it and I've tried to hide it on the channel when I have been internally stressed out or wondering why our videos aren't performing. And whenever I get to that space, YouTube, at least in my mind, starts going downhill for me. And so mm. not caring is integral to, to our attitude on, on YouTube. And so we try as best as we can not to care. We are people. We want people to like our, you know content, um, just, just like anyone else, but we try to ignore those thoughts. Sure. I mean, you do spend a lot of time telling people not to subscribe, which Mm -hmm. is an interesting approach. Interesting. (laughs) Tell me about that. Why is it, why is it that? Uh, the first couple videos we made, uh, I actually said at the end of the video, please subscribe. And when I said those words, I felt like a part of me died inside and I felt extremely uncomfortable saying that. And, uh, I didn't again, feel like it was true to myself. And so the next time we made a video, I didn't even talk about it. I just said, don't subscribe. And James smiled behind the camera. He was filming me and we're like, okay, we're going to do that. So (laughs) that's kind of how it started. Um, and I mean, I don't want to tell people what to do, but I, I also knew that it was important to mention subscribing. So just hearing the word subscribe gives the audience the option and it reminds them that that's a thing, but I'm not telling them to do it in a weird way. I really am though. People who are smart enough realize I am telling you to subscribe. Sure. Um, (laughs) But uh, I would never admit that publicly. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that kind of just broke down, didn't it? I mean, you guys know it's a podcast, right? No, no, no. This Uh-oh. is a private conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Is there anything you want to leave our, our 
I almost said viewers, but our listeners with. Yeah, why don't we do a rapid fire, uh, just suggestions for people who want to make money in, uh, you know, making videos like us. First, red flags with new clients. If they are bashing their previous video guys that they used to have or saying that the, the old people kind of sucked, they're probably going to say that about you at some point. So mm-hmm. negativity up front means negativity towards you later. Possibly. Mm. That's a red flag. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And one, one thing to do when you're on set, when you go on set, you be friends, be a friend with everybody there and be kind to every single person you meet because they will eventually leave that company, go somewhere else and they'll need a video and they'll remember you. 90% yeah. of our clients have come from, they were an existing client, but they left, went to another agency, and now they're bringing us a whole new pile of work that we didn't have before. So wow. be super kind, be friendly on set, and it will reap its own rewards. On set, never say the words, I don't know what I want, um, in any, of, any form. Hmm. Uh, never appear like you don't know what you want. Um, I have forgotten to push record and I've very directly said, Hey, we need to do another take. Their performance wasn't quite right. And I, I would never admit to <laughs> in, not. in that it wasn't visible. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> so it's not going to work. Yeah. I didn't push record, but I'm not going to admit that. Uh, yeah. Just, just pretend like, you know what you want. Now you can confide in some people. I usually take the grip aside and say, I have no idea what I'm doing. You need to help me. Um, but uh, beyond that, nope, just pretend like you know what you're doing. Also, in terms of grips, if you know what that is, you know, if you, if you want more lights and stands and some people to help you, you're going to hire a grip and electric company on, on these shoots. Um, I have realized that I really, because they're on a lot of shoots, they work with a lot of people. And so these guys, I really appreciate it when they lean over the monitor and say, wow, this is looking good. Mm-hmm. When that doesn't happen, I start getting down halfway through the day and start doubting my whole creative process and my tastes. And I have learned that I can't do, let that happen. Um, mm. So I'm no longer waiting for the little comments on set saying this is good. And I just have to trust in myself at this point. Um, also, I've never really found uh, a grip that I absolutely love. And I've come to peace with that. So. Hmm. Interesting. And we'll soon be hiring somebody here at Epic Light Media to constantly give us all positive comments. So yeah. we'll help things along. <laughs> yes, I need that personally. I just, oh, I get down without that. All right, any more suggestions here? Um, under promise over deliver. Now this is just kind of basic, but like tell them the video will be done in two weeks when you're editing it. You know, it's like once you've filmed it, like, oh, you know, it'll be about two weeks. Get it to them, you know, in a few days work your butt off to mm-hmm. get it to them soon. Also along that same line, don't give them something half-baked uh, because these people that work for these companies that you're making videos for or whatever aren't as creative as you and they don't have the ability to see the final product in their brain. So sure. usually the first cut we give people, you know, we might be wasting time down the line making edits, but we color it, we do the sound design, we make sure it looks great to put our best foot forward, especially with new clients. So that way the first edit, you know, like rocks. Because they, they can't quite imagine like, okay, imagine this, but, you know, not in log. Yeah, exactly. It's like, they're not going to do that. <laughs> you know, there, there, there is knowledge that uh, we, uh, 
We only learn through experience. And I've come to value, and now I'm 33 years old. In my 20s, I did not value experience. Now that I'm in, mm. my, I'm in my 30s, I'm starting to value experience more than anything else. Good experience from a, from a person who's actually present and doing stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, all these little things add up. So... Um, I would say one other thing, if you're getting into the industry and you want to make commercials or do ads or work with corporate clients is one thing is in the beginning, don't be afraid to do things for free for the right reason. But then later, don't be afraid to charge what you know you're worth. Because hmm. when, when you're charging doing, that, you'll see it go up. Also, when you're doing free work, usually if a company reaches out to you or a group you're wanting to do a music video for free... That's not the best situation because they might be trying to take advantage of you. Um, so if that does happen, if they reach out to you to do something for free, you tell them, I have the final edit. This is my video. Like th I'm in control of this. You can tell me what you want, but I'm going to do what I want. That's mm -hmm. important. Also reach out to a company and ask them if you can do a video for free, because then they're in this position of, you know, being grateful and you, you're the one who reached out to them. And so then... It can work. So if you're going to start doing work for free, find a business that you like, find a, a band that you like or something and ask them if you could do a video for free. That's the best thing cool. you can do. Man, that's great. I mean, cause that, that builds the, uh, experience and that builds your connections and builds your confidence and, and all of that stuff with, you know, it very, very little risk you know, I mean, obviously you're taking a, taking a week of your time or whatever it is, but, um, if you're just starting out, you got nothing going on. I mean, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere. So that, that's a really, really cool way to do it. I'll tell like you that. the, a chain of events that has happened in our company. Uh, speaking of doing stuff for cheap or free, we're doing a very cheap video for a guy who lives, um, in the city next to us. And, uh, one of the interviews in his video, we were filming in a, in a half empty office space. It, there's a company in there called uh, OfferPad, and uh, they let us use an office for this interview. And um, later, months later, they called us and said, "Hey, we we uh, we're a company, and we're we're wanting to make TV ads. And we saw the video you made for this guy, and we think you guys, you know, we, we met you. I mean, the day you were filming that interview, and let's have a meeting here." So that led to us making TV commercials for OfferPad every year, and those have been national TV commercials that wow. we got because we were filming in their office. On the first shoot at OfferPad, there was a guy there who just happened to be at OfferPad for a few months, and then he he later left. Th three years later, after we met this guy, who was really nice, just a random guy on set doing behind-the-scenes stuff, he's now a marketing director at a huge hospital uh, system in Arizona. Wow. He reaches out to us a couple years ago. And now we do a lot of the videos for that hospital system. So Crazy. one little teeny tiny video that we showed up, we did our best job, has led to, um, I'd say, at least a million dollars in client work with those two companies, at least. That's crazy, dude. That's, that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> so show up and do cheap jobs and be nice to everyone because you never know 
what's going to happen next. And those relationships, I mean, I mean, you got to think in the long term, in the next 20 years, these relationships that these companies that we're making videos for, people move around. They go to a new company and they change jobs and they're going to call you at their new company. And it's just going to keep building as long as you're doing good work. If you're not, then it's going to fizzle out. Thank you so much. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you, let you go here. But uh, at the end of a podcast, we usually try and do an awkward outro Right, but um, I was wondering if you guys would um, would give us a special brand of your outro uh, because mm. you know this is our this is our podcast. I mean, I, I don't want anybody to follow it or you know like it or um, you know give it a review or anything like that. So, would you encourage people not to do that for me? Uh, I I hope that no one does, and also um, I hope they don't Google you know Epic Light Media or try to watch our our content. Um, or definitely not, they shouldn't subscribe to our channel. Um, mostly because it's just a load of garbage, you know, and there's a lot of other good stuff out there. So. Yeah, yeah. A lot of great channels. Casey's channel's great. Absolutely. They should subscribe to that. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to support this podcast, make sure to give us a review on your podcast platform of choice. This podcast is brought to you by groundcontrol.film. If you're looking to learn post-production in DaVinci Resolve, there's no better place online to get some structured professional training. We break down advanced editing and effects concepts into simple ideas so that you can create amazing things. Plus, if you use the code DREAMCRUSHER at checkout, you'll get 10% off anything in the store. Check out our courses now at groundcontrol.film.